Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. You know, a lot of people think that this industry is glamorous, but I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that this is so difficult. Um, there's so many moving parts, so many different factors. You want to talk about, you know, owning a small business. Obviously, every small business owner has their obstacles and challenges, man. But, you know, it's, it's rough. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the founder of Dogfish had once said, um, you know, you better love beer because the money runs out. All right, guys, this is going to be a fun episode, man. I got to tell you, uh, this next guest I met because we were both speakers at a veterans event. Um, he was way better than I was. So, so I told him I had to bring him on here. Not really. You know, nobody's better than me. But, you know, I still had to bring him on here to tell his story. I'm your host, Donnie Bovey, and this is Donnie Success Champions. And I am bringing in my new buddy, Brent. Brent, welcome to the show, my friend. Please tell us who the hell you are and what's your story. Yeah, so my name is Brent Thompson, and I'm one of the founders and brewers at Texas Ale Project. Uh, we're a family-owned craft brewery located in Dallas, Texas. Nice, nice. So craft brewery, the new buzzword of the day is, you know, out with the big brand names, in with the new craft brews. I can't believe how snobbish people actually have gotten with, with over beer. It's kind of funny. You know. yeah, it is. It is kind of funny, honestly. I mean, you know, I, I think there's a time and place for everything, um, honestly. But at the same time, I mean, I, I, I always say I like to eat flavorful food. So why not drink flavorful beer? <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, well, I, it's funny. Um, I, I've got some friends um, who we've converted from, you know, the big beer guys um, over to craft beer. And once, once you get started, it's kind of hard to go back, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I hang out with my brother and old man and I'm not a big beer drinker, you know, give me my rum all day long and I will, will sit and partake rum with you all day. Um, but I usually drink beer, you know, if that's the only option there is. And, uh, you know, the only time we're not buying a craft beer of some sort, is if we're buying kegs to fill up the kegerator, you know, uh, because a, a craft beer keg can get very damn pricey real quick. Yeah, yeah, they do get a little bit pricey, but there's reason before it. You know what I mean? It's like, if it's good, honestly, if, it, if, if the product is good, paying a little bit more is worth it. Um, we use some of the finest ingredients that we possibly can. Um, I'm actually drinking a beer right now called the Caucasian. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> It's a once a year release that we do, and it's a it's a little ode to the Big Lebowski. Nice, uh, yeah, because you know the the dude he drinks Caucasians, right? It's like, right, oh, right. Caucasian Gary, but um, so and this just is for a, the record, a Caucasian is a white white Russian, really. Yes. That's at the drink, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a white Russian, right? So right. We, we try to have a little bit of fun with it, and so basically, this is a white Russian imperial stout. 
And it's like, what is that? What does that even mean? So you want to talk about fancy beers? That's a, a thick beer. That's, that's, what a, that that's, a, that's a fancy beer right there. <laughs> um, and the funny thing about it is, is that it's, a, it's actually a blonde stout. And so we use a lot of um, what are kind of called adjuncts um, to help flavor this beer to make it taste like something that it's not. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, so we use uh, Madagascar bourbon vanilla beans, which are incredibly expensive right now. Um, vanilla prices have gone through the roof in the last couple of years, and it seems like every year they double. Um, we also age it on new and toasted American oak. And then there's a local coffee roaster here in town that makes an incredible cold brew from 100% uh, Guatemalan beans for us. And so you get all those complex flavors rolling into what is, in essence, a blonde style. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, you just don't think about that much stuff going into a good beer. Um, that's a lot of fun. How the hell did you get into this in the first place? I mean, other than, you know, you like beer. You right. know, <laughs> I mean, well, how does it all start? You know, to be perfectly honest, I kind of have to take it way back. I feel like, um, you know, I grew up in a really small town just outside of Houston, Texas, a um, little town called Huffman, Texas, kind of a one horse town, not a whole lot going on. And, um, you know, we, we got in trouble in cow fields and tearing up stuff with ATVs and all <laughs> that fun stuff, you know. Um, and you know, my family growing up, we were kind of a meat and potatoes kind of house, you know, nothing, nothing too exciting at the dinner table. Um, bless my mom's heart. You know, she, she tried, she was a good cook, but, um, we weren't eating, um, you know, uh, what I would consider today to be just really good, wholesome food, you know? And I think that when you talk about beer and wine and everything, it all comes back down to culture and, you know, what plays a big role in culture is what we drink, right? Um, so growing up in that one horse town, um, I was actually ready to leave before I even finished high school. So I joined the Navy, um, and I enlisted in the Navy in 1999. And, um, two months after I graduated high school, I was in Great Lakes going through boot camp. Um, still trying to figure things out. You know, I wasn't really quite ready to go to college, I don't think. And in fact, my parents told me they weren't going to pay for my college because they were afraid <laughs> I probably wouldn't make it. <laughs> my parents weren't even, even offered in the first place, right? You know? <laughs> for yeah. that very reason. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I'll be honest, you know, it, for a long time, it really kind of, it really bothered me. Um, and I kind of took that a little bit more personal, um, probably than I should have. Um, but then, you know, I had a lot of growing up to do, to be perfectly honest. So, I mean, I, they, they made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all go through that though. I mean, yeah. uh, in, until you've learned how to earn a living, you feel like the world owes you something. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and you gotta get slapped in the face by life a couple of times to, to figure out how to make this world work. For sure. For sure. And that happens all the time. I mean, um, there's, this has been an incredible long journey. Um, my wife and I, we started brewing beer at home because she signed us up for a homebrew competition. Um, we were living in upstate New York at the time and my wife was getting her MBA from the Johnson school at Cornell and, uh, came home one day and said, Hey, I signed us up for a homebrew competition and my jaw, my jaw kind of dropped. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, how the hell is it that? you know, how do we not know how to make beer? Like what, what, what's going, why don't we already know this? Come on, you know? Right. And, um, so we, we literally just started reading, picking up books, talking, going to the local breweries there, 
Um, and in fact, I really remember the beer that kind of changed my life, if you will, was a beer called Trobe's Nugget Nectar. Um, it's an imperial amber. And I just couldn't believe how much flavor they were able to put in this beer because up until that point, you know, I was drinking kind of yellow fizzy beer and being in the Navy, I was allowed to, you know, my first deployment, we weren't necessarily at war. So we were pulling into a new port every two weeks and it just so happened to be payday as well. Right. <laughs> and, and we were, and so drinking a lot of the European style lagers and um, just eating really good food and just really kind of absorbing culture as you will, or if you will, um, and so like this, this, this whole, this whole time, I mean, it's really been leading me up to this point in my life. Um, I just feel like everything I've done has, has sent me in this direction. Um, so yeah, so we were in upstate New York, started brewing beer. And after about the third batch, we decided that, um, we wanted to give it a go and see if this was something that we could actually do as a business. Um, we come from two pretty entrepreneurial families and we've always wanted to do something that would allow us to express our creativity and create things um and craft beer definitely gives us the outlet to do that yeah no kidding no kidding so you you go through the navy you're you know hopping port to port um because that's all you navy guys do is float around in a little yeah. boat and go yeah. drink a lot yeah <laughs> and then you know <laughs> god love your wife Going through an MBA program without asking you or anything says we're going to do a homebrew competition. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and honestly, I mean, we, we, we met in the service industry and um, there was a lot of talk of us opening kind of a, you know, a small chef driven restaurant. And um, after a lot of thought, we both decided that that wasn't going to be the direction that, that we wanted to go. And I mean, honestly, I thought I was going to be a chef for the longest time. Um, I love to cook. I cook for my family all the time. I mean, it's funny. I've got a three-year-old boy at home and then he gets pumped whenever I'm cooking because he knows it's going to be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> or from an outsider's perspective, he doesn't know any better. So, you know, Hey, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling my wife though. Um, I said, I said, Hey cat, you know, he's going to have a hard life. He better learn how to cook because it's, it's once he gets a little bit bigger, you know, uh, right. whenever he starts going to some of his buddies' houses and all that, he's going to come home and complain about the food they're eating. <laughs> yeah. I, we always joked me, I got two older brothers and you know, two of us are really good, damn good cooks. You yep. know, um, my other brother, he's, he doesn't cook a whole lot, but when he does, he does all right. But we always joke is cause mom's food was so bad. We had to learn how to cook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and God love her. She, she's figured it out now. And I yeah. think because of the, of the years of us busting her chops and you know, we grew up food was one color. It was some form of gray or Brown, you know, yeah. Um, um, so we all kind of had to figure it out and I just can remember times in my life where food network was like my thing, you know, I could sit down mm -hmm. and watch these guys whip together these amazing dishes and I'd never follow their recipes, but always gave me all kinds of ideas to try things out. I mean, was that similar to you? I mean, is that, yeah, I, yeah, I would say so, man. And so basically I spent four years in the Navy and, um, you know, when it, when it came time to reenlist, I thought really long and hard about it. Um, but I just felt like there was another journey for me to take. And so I got out of the military in 2003 and then I moved to Dallas because I didn't want to move back home, but it was still close to home so I could still see my family. Um, and I started putting myself through school. Um, 
getting a degree in public relations. And then during that time, I was working in restaurants and became really tight friends with a bunch of really good chefs. Yeah, that's us. I mean, I did this whole bartending thing for a couple of years yeah. and, you know, I, I worked as a server once upon a time and actually, you know, it was funny as my, one of my favorite uh, sales jobs I had, I was actually hired out right behind the bar yeah. um, to go get that sales job, you know? So, and, and during those times, I never worked at any great restaurants. I mean, I worked at a Bennigan's if that, that gives you any sort of idea. So that it wasn't sucks. even, yeah, it wasn't even good. <laughs> yeah. I've been there too. I've been there too, you know? And you know, I think, I think as you gain more experiences and just, again, just visiting places, traveling, I mean, it just, it really broadened my horizons, you know? I mean, just seeing how other people live, what, what, what other people do on a day-to-day basis, just like the whole lifestyle. Um, Again, I just feel like just experiencing those things kind of led me in this direction. And th- I got to tell you, man, this is not this is not easy. This is probably <laughs> the most difficult thing that I've ever attempted in my entire life. Um, you know, a lot of people think that this industry is glamorous, but I, I'll I'll be the first one to tell you that this is so difficult. Um, there's so many moving parts, so many different factors. You want to talk about, you know, owning a small business. Obviously, every small business owner has their obstacles and challenges, man. But, you know, it's it's rough. Um, You know, uh, the founder of Dogfish had once said, um, you know, you better love beer because the money runs out. Dude, I got to be I got to be honest with you. The money is there is no money. (laughs) It's like what money are you talking about? We never had money to begin with, right? Thought we were going to get in the beer business and get rich. Sadly mistaken. Yeah. Well, you know. I, I love that because, and here's why, when, when I jumped out of my own last year to start my own business, yep. you know, I was going in that the world was, you know, sunshine and rainbows, you know, everybody was like, ah, it's so tough. And I'm like, dude, I'm a sales guy. I have to sell my way out of all this shit. It'd be easy. <laughs> dude, let me tell you, I was a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> yeah. when, when I jumped in, man, it was, it was mind boggling what I didn't know. I wasn't mm. prepared to know. And, and nobody can tell you what you're fixing to face, right? Nobody can tell you that, that the the things that you got to be able to do to function and grow as a business. Um, and you know, for, for me, you know, I was 40 years old starting a business and you know, I, I'd been an employee for 40 years. So I didn't know that mind shift I was going to have to take to go from, you know, somebody else worries about everything I show up, you know, and get a paycheck type thing to now I've got to be the visionary and, and keep things moving forward. In your case, you got to keep up all the regulations and everything, which yeah. has got to be a nightmare, it you is. know, um, and all that stuff. There is just a lot of things on your plate and, and people don't often embrace that, that stress, that struggle you're going through. And I think that's why a lot of people wash out when they, when they get into it is they're not in it for the long haul. They're, they're, they're they, they, they want it. Like if they were opening a beer thing that they want a good beer and think they're going to sit around with their buddies and just drink beer all day, you know, um, uh, let alone the business side of things. There, there was a, you know, it's funny. So we're actually going to be, we just turned four years old um, this last November, um, actually on the 22nd of this month. Um, so we're getting into our fifth year of operations. 
And I've been, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. And again, there's this huge misconception out there that this is some sort of glamour industry. <laughs> and that's exactly what we do. All we do is sit around and drink beer with our friends all day long. And um, guess what? That's not right. You know, I, you know, I, there were, there was a time when I was in the military when we'd be running, you know, 24 hour flight ops. And I thought I was tired then. Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. That was a vacation compared to brewing beer. Well, I mean, for perspective, I mean, and, and flight ops, at some point you knew you were going to get to hit the rack and like take a break, right? Yeah. Running yeah. a business, there is no break. No. <laughs> Sleep and dream business, man. And yeah. I'll tell you what, it's, and the funny thing about it is, is that, you, you know, it, we're, it's a very process-based business, right? So once you start something, nine out of 10 times, you have to see it through. And it's not like you can just punch up the clock and go home and things are going to take care of themselves while you're sleeping at home, right? Right. It's not the case. No, right. I mean, it's, it's long hours. I mean, there's weeks when I put in over 100 hours constantly. Um, and, you know, I talk to people that are outside of the industry that are thinking about making a career change to come into this. And I always invite them in because I want to hear their stories. I want to, I want to know what their perspective is. And, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, some of my best guys are guys that have never had any experience, but at the same time, you, they have a little bit more, some of them have a little bit more realistic, um, what am I trying to say? Just like a realistic view on what the industry actually is. And so, you know, guys that are coming from, you know, the oil fields or working on a farm or something that is just really just blunt, just grinding it out work. Those guys do really well because they're used to just busting their ass the whole right. time. Right. Know? Well, you know, and I'll compare it to, to podcasting, you know, podcasting. I love telling people completely saved my business um, because of the doors that actually opened up for me. But yep. You know, people go into podcasting because they think that, you know, it's this platform that doesn't cost a whole lot to get in, but you're going to get all this national exposure and, and it's the world's going to roll up and they're going to make money. Well, I'll hear to tell you, if you go into podcasting to make money, you're broke because <laughs> <laughs> nobody makes money off of podcasting. I mean, now use podcasting to open up all the other avenues for your business so you can bring revenue in. Yeah. And I would assume it's the same way with what you guys are doing. Don't go into beer making to make money. Go in because you love it and then create all the other revenues to come yeah. back. Yeah. And then, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, we're actually running about five different businesses here. I mean, we have our production facility. We have a logistics company. We have a private events venue. We have our tap room that is acts basically as, you know, a tasting room and, and bar for the brewery, if you will. Um, and then also a PR firm, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And let me guess, you've got one person that's in charge of each one of those things that you've delegated all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How big is your yeah. staff? So currently there's 12 of us that, oh. includes, that includes my wife and I, there's three of us in production. We make all the work, all the, we follow all the way through from we're production all the way to packaging. In fact, you know, we're canning the, the Caucasian, the beer that I told you about earlier today. Um, and um, we've got a sales team, marketing manager, um, sales manager. So, I mean, we do have a lot of really solid people on the team and in place, which helps tremendously. But we all still wear so many different hats. Oh, I mean, when we started this company, we started it with three people, you know. 
and um, we were doing everything. And I, in fact, my wife was pregnant with Austin, our son, and we were going on our first sales calls together, and which was kind of nice because it's kind of hard to say no to a pregnant lady, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, guys. So there's your tip of the day. There's your sales strategy. Take a pregnant lady with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she also did a great job of rolling the kegs around too. You know, <laughs> that's so awesome. That's you know, but. Uh, I still think small business is the backbone of this entire country we live in. I mean, of course it, it is. It wanted to jump in here and take a second to let our sponsors tell you a little bit about what they do. Guys, do me a favor and check them out. They're really helping this show become what it's becoming. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Point Blank Safety Services does safety differently. We know everyone is on a journey, and we want to make sure you get where you're going safely. Professional, trained, ready. There's really no comparison. Here's why hiring Point Blank Safety for your next project will make all the difference and save you huge amounts of stress and hassle. Point Blank Safety Services provides certified, uniformed police officers for a full suite of armed guard services. Don't leave the safety of your project to chance. If you're ready to make sure safety truly comes first for your next project, then visit us at pointblanksafety.com. Blue Family Fund helping dependents of law enforcement families on their journeys. Blue Family Fund is a nonprofit that raises funds and offers financial support through higher education scholarships for dependents of law enforcement officers and by providing financial assistance for families of fallen law enforcement officers. Every dollar donated will go to the families of police officers, either through scholarships to dependents of police officers or as aid to fallen officers' families. Visit us at bluefamilyfund.com. And now back to the show. The freedom we have to be able to do that is just absolutely amazing. Um, and, and, you know, I encourage people to get in the game. I just encourage them to get ready to take it on the chin. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's, it's just like we talked a little bit about earlier. People can tell you all day long mm. until they're blue in the face. And you might listen or, or actually hear, you know, 2% of it, but the other 98%, man, you've got to learn the hard way. I, yeah. I just, you know, you can never be as prepared as you think you are. And we're, and we're not dumb people. I mean, we, we work extremely hard. Um, we, we research things until, you know, we are about to pass out. Right. You know, we, we try to learn from other people's mistakes and, 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 and do's and don'ts and, and all that as best you can. Right. Just, I mean, just like anyone should. But at the same time, man, there's so, there's so much unforeseen stuff that you just don't know. You just, there's no way to prepare for it until you're living it at that yeah. time. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's interesting. I'm working on a speech I have coming up and I was just, you know, I don't ever do like a canned speech, but I was, I was just working through some ideas in my head. And, you know, as I was writing down, I wrote something and then I went back and read it twice and I went, son of a bitch. And what I wrote was success is not about the stuff. It's about the shit you overcome. Yeah. And I went back and I read that again. I'm like, wow, I just wrote that. I'm keeping that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it's not my original thought. I'm sure I read it in a book someplace somewhere, but yeah. you know, but, but that's it is it, it's, 
running a business is about overcoming this fire, this obstacle, this thing, you know, you're playing firefighter, you know, on a regular basis. So many Try- times. Yeah. And, and trying to bring on other firefighters with you to allow you to keep holding the overall vision and direction of the company. It's not easy, man. It's not easy, I, honestly. And, you know, and, and when you know this, I mean, being in the military, when you have a task or, or something that needs to be accomplished, you figure out how to accomplish it, no matter what the obstacles are. Unfortunately, I, don't, I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of people in the civilian world that don't understand that. Um, and, or maybe they just haven't been through the experiences that, that some of us have been through in order to be able to adapt to those things. Um, but my, my philosophy is like, okay, shit, we hit a wall, right? This big ass wall. How, what, what, what are we going to do now? Whatever the problem might be, right? Right. I've always said, well, if we can't go over it, we're going to go under. If we can't go around it, we're going to go fucking through it. You right. know what I mean? Um, and sometimes that's what it takes. You just have to put your head and smash through that damn wall. You know? Yeah, I, and, and that's it. I mean, um, uh, I... There's a, a, a meme that of mine that went a, a little viral, viral issue, not well, but it, all I put on there is I had to fail miserably to figure out who the hell I was. Yep. Um, and the funny thing was, is one of my mentors, he said, look, the only thing I can tell you about your entrepreneur journeys when you go is you're going to learn more about yourself than you've ever learned in your entire world. And I didn't understand the statement. Holy shit, was he right? Because you know, you you figure out how tenacious you are. You figure out what your grit is. You figure out, you know, really what your true fears are. And you know, uh, I I kept telling myself early on in the business, suck it up, Buttercup. This is this is what you signed up for. You know, yeah. um, and keep going going forward with it. So, how many beers have you guys created now? Because I know there's not always been, not every beer come out has been a winner, you know? No, no that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, I want to say currently we have about 12 on right now. Some on draft, some available in stores, uh, in cans. Um, cans are always better for beer, by the way. Why uh, is that? Because well, I mean, I, I like a bottle, but it's cheaper to buy cans. So if we're buying for the farms or anything else, we, we buy cans. But I, I, I think I think that you were told that you like bottles better for such a long time that you actually started to believe it. To be perfectly I, honest, I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got no basis to argue with it on. Uh, you know, I um, I don't know. I, I this is a horrible correlation, but I'm gonna I'm gonna correlate it to back when I smoked, and which I haven't done in 15 years. Good for uh, you. Um, um, but but part of the smoking was the feel of the cigarette, right? Right. Yeah. You had it in your hand and it was that motion. So I wonder if part of convincing myself I like bottles isn't the different feel in the hand. So potentially, I mean, yeah, maybe it has more weight or, you know, you just, it feels more comfortable. But when the bottom line is, is that there's a few things that are really bad for beer. So all of our beers are unpasteurized, right? Um, so, but the things that are really terrible for beer, you have light, oxygen, time, and heat. I mean, those, those, those four things can run, you know, wreak havoc on beer. Um, the, the cool thing about a can is, is that it's impermeable to light. And so what happens is like, if you, you probably had a green bottle of beer or a clear bottle of beer at some point in your life, 
and thought, hey, this tastes a little bit skunky to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times what happens there is that the, the beer could actually be what's called light struck. And so when light hits a certain certain light hits the, the, the hop contents in the beer, it causes a chemical reaction in the beer and it makes it taste skunky. Um, and so a can is impermeable to light. And then the other thing is oxygen. Oxygen makes beer taste like cardboard, right? Which nobody wants to drink beer that tastes like cardboard. And so a can, once it's sealed, it's hermetically sealed, so nothing can get in there. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. you know, the, the interesting thing is, is everybody's experienced that case of beer that you left in your car, right? Yeah. Throw it in the fridge later. Same yeah. is, you know, once it's gotten heated up after being cooled down, it's totally a different beer. Here's a funny story. I'm going to probably get in trouble for this one, but, but this, you know, happened so many years ago, there's got to be a statue of limitation. Right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so while working, yeah, uh, while working at Bennigan's, um, the beer water, right? We figured out that if we ordered Coors Original Kegs, they were like $50 a keg at that point. And if we bought other kegs, they were sometimes 65 to $75 a mm-hmm. keg. Of course, we were buying wholesale rates, right? And so what we did to save cost on beer is we ordered like 40 Coors Original Kegs. Now, yeah. if you've ever seen the Bennigan's Tap Wall, you had all your uh, big name American beers, your Budweiser, Coors, you know, all your yeah. big names. And there'd be three taps on the outside on both sides of the wall would just be lined up and then you'd have your microbrews and stuff in the middle of all those. We hooked up Coors Original to every American yellow beer. So, <laughs> so Coors Original was on Budweiser, it was on Miller Lite, it was on, you know, if it was an American yellow beer, it was hooked to Coors Original, okay? Well, that's fucked up. <laughs> oh yeah, it gets worse from here. <laughs> it gets worse from here. So we, as bartenders and staff, all knew this. But of course, mm-hmm. you being a consumer didn't. And what would happen is somebody would come up and they would order a Budweiser. You just go to the tap, you pour them Budweiser, you slide it down the bar. And, you know, 99.9% of people never noticed. Every once in a blue moon, we'd get one person would come up to us and be like, dude, that's not Budweiser. You're like, ah, oh, sorry, we did, must not clean the tap. You go down to the other end, pull the other Budweiser tap, still hooked to Coors Original, mind you, pour that <laughs> into a freaking glass, hand to them, and they would drink it and go, nah, that's Budweiser. Yeah, it's and amazing. Yeah, you know, I mean, a, a big name yellow beer is just piss water. You know, it's 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 all the same. Yeah, it really, I mean, it is. And there's, you can Google this and look at blind tastings and you can do a blind tasting with all like the American light lagers and and very few people can actually pick out which one that they've been drinking for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, I mean, it was the same thing. You could bring in like Coke and Pepsi, you know, growing up, they had the big Coke and Pepsi challenge. And, yeah, you know, nobody could tell the difference. I mean, very few people could actually tell the difference mm-hmm. between the two, you know. Um, so it's just interesting to me that I think people just don't like change. So when you're yeah. you trying to convert them over to, you know, you should get the, the craft beer, 
you know, there's a lot of hesitation on their part of, should I jump into that world? I think, you know, I I talk about, I compare it to the wine industry a lot or just any, any beverage manufacturing, to be honest. And I I have people come in the tap room all the time and they tell me they don't like IPAs, which is, you know, an India pale ale. I'll be that guy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We'll come in and you can try ours because you haven't had ours. So, um, there's a lot of times when people tell me that and then we give them to try things and then they find something they actually like and they didn't even know they liked it. And it was just the fact that they were just so hesitant to kind of make that stuff and start trying a few things. Well, and, but you know, there's also that, that to be said about that, that, that we'll just go with an IPA. I mean, my experience with every IPA that has been put in my hands and I've drank them sometimes cause that was the only thing to drink. Right. Yep. Um, uh, but they have that over the top weird taste to them. And at one point I did, I finally went and researched why they taste so funky. And what I, the article I read and I'll even remember is when IPAs first came out, since they were coming from India, they had to put so much more ingredients and everything to handle the ship rides to get over here. So that's what gave it its distinctive taste and flavor. That's the article I read. And all I could think of is they put so much shit in there. It tastes like ass. So there's no point in even trying it. <laughs> well, the, the IPAs today are much different than the original IPAs. Um, Mitch Steele, who was the brewmaster at Stone Brewing uh, out in California for a long time, did a ton of research on this. And there was a, a brewery I, I want to call, I want don't quote me on this, I could be completely wrong, but um, I, I want to say it was Hodgson's Bow Brewery. And what they were doing is, is they were actually packaging their their standard quote unquote standard pale ale and they were shipping it to India for the British that were there. And one year you, you, you see it basically the only, some of the only references that we have back to this are in advertisements from old newspapers that they have somewhere in some fancy library somewhere. And um, basically what it was is the, the, you see the shift go from pale ale in this year to India pale ale in like the following year. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even that they were really doing anything completely different. Um, but they're, they're, that was kind of like the whole spur of the India parallel. Now, it flash forward to you know 2018, the, these beers that we're making today are completely different than what the original beers were. Um, you know, hop, like the, the, the hop content has increased probably a thousand times. Um, you know, and, and there's all different kinds of categories of IPAs. I mean, it's, 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 it's I, even being in the craft beer world, I'll tell you that, you know, it, it sometimes can be overwhelming um, because it's like, well, is it an IPA or is it this IPA, that style, sub style, this, that, you know, and it just gets a little carried away um, sometimes. But with that said, I mean, don't be surprised, man, if you keep trying them, that you'll find something that you like. Yeah. Um, you know, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I'm just saying, you know, I'm a huge wheat beer or give me, give me a good Hefeweizen or a wheat beer. That's, that's absolutely my style. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, you know, blue moon tried to completely corner the market on that and and I'll drink a blue moon, but I'm just not, you know, big on them. Yeah. Uh, You know, revolvers got their blood and honey that, that, you know, I can only drink one or two of them, but if you get me a good wheat beer, I can sit down and drink a case of them, you know, um, A lot of the marketed big name stuff, they're either too fruity or something. Um, but it's even amazing how many different styles of either wheat beers that I've 
come across lately or even different styles of Hefenweizens that have come because because there's so many people in the game right now making different flavors i mean yeah it's um there's you know look at a, look at a sheet of music right look how many different notes there are in music right there's only so many right so yeah look at what you can do with them i mean just the way that you can put them together you're going to create something different by using similar things right right um and you know that's a you know Texas is a it's still a relatively new market when it comes to craft beer, and that's one of the reasons that we opened our brewery in Dallas um, is the fact that you know if you look at breweries per capita like in the United States, Texas is still ranked as number forty-two. Oh wow! So, yeah, so there's so much room in this market; it's incredible. Um, but you got to make good beer, uh, quality hands down. If you're not making quality beer, you have one you have one chance to grab somebody. And if they don't like your beer, chances are they're not going to pick it up again. Yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe they'll try it one more time just, just because. But most people aren't that forgiving. And I got to tell you, man, it's just like being in the, in the food industry. Everybody's a freaking critic. I can <laughs> tell you that. You know, um, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a, a app that you can get where you can tag all the beers that you're trying and rate them. And, um, and the consumer, when I said, I mean, our, our customers, our consumers, you know, um, people are getting smarter, so they actually know what they're talking about a lot of times, but then you have people that have no freaking clue and they'll just bash you and just like kick you in the teeth. And then, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you just kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, some people are freaking harsh out there, man. Well, I will say this, you know, um, the one thing that I've found is, um, there's a real reason why some podcasts take off very well and some don't. Mm -hmm. And the, the common denominator is the marketplace is always right. You know, and, and what I tell people is if your show sucks, get over it. Your show sucks. The marketplace (laughs) made the call, you know? So in some cases, you know, um, I would tell brewers that, you know, you made a shitty beer. You know, just because your mom likes it doesn't mean it's a good beer. <laughs> yeah, you have a good point. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, though, is it's all subjective, right? Yes. What You may have 10 people that hate it, but then you may have 1,000 that love it. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. always going to be our, you know, our, 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 our taste buds, everything. I mean, it's, it's again, it's just so subjective. And what one person doesn't like, the other one might. Um, and, and, kind of what we do here is we brew in a, a pretty old world style. Um, and I get a lot of shit from other brewers for this and I laugh whenever they give me that shit because you know, it's like, Oh, it's a waste of time. You don't need to do that. And I was like, well, guess what? This is how we're going to do it because I believe in it. And, um, it makes damn good beer. So we're going to keep doing it. This yeah, way. You got to do you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, go ahead. Now to say is, is, you know, here's, part of the, the, the whole thing with, with, with all this is, you know, you can't let one customer define your brand. Right. Right. Um, I, I, I found out, you know, through, you know, there's people that just absolutely hate my podcast. To me, that's how I know I'm doing it right. Yeah. They're you still know, listening, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the fact that you're telling other people how much you hate my show means you're telling other people about my show. So, um, yeah. you know, it, um, I, I use it as, you know, I mean, I had one, 
one person over the life of my show, one guy come up and goes, I just can't stand the audio quality of my show. I'm like, thanks for telling me, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people seem to be okay with it, but I really appreciate your opinion. And he came back, he goes, yeah, you should probably take it off the air. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I, thanks for the feedback, man. That's all you can do. You know, um, but back to this, this old school style of brewing, what's different from what other people are doing? Well, there's a couple of different ways that you can kind of, that you can extract the sugars, if you will, from malt. And we use a method called uh, uh, step mashing. And basically what we do is, is we break those sugars down into fermentable and unfermentable. So it really creates a nice, well-bodied beer and still provides all the, the fermentation fuel that you need. Um, and it, to me, it's more about building a beer. So the, the, other, the other main one that's used today is called single infusion. And basically what you do is you take you take a, you, the, so these enzymes work differently at different temperatures, right? And so you've got this enzyme works best here on this scale and the other enzyme works better over here, right? And then the single infusion will pick a spot in the center and just kind of let it sit there for an hour and then continue the process, right? Well, what we do is we actually mash in at a lower temperature, rest it at that temperature for a given amount of time, and then we'll increase that temperature. And by doing that, it maximizes the the conversion if you will um at both ends of the spectrum and um i think it makes a a, a better beer all around well and you know once you have a sophisticated palate you know you've you've you know um if you grew up eating only brown food gray food you know you never yeah. acquire it's not until you get to try other things that your palate gets better type thing, you know, you're going to notice those little nuances more often than, than other people, you know, might along the way. The other thing that popped in my head was uh, what I love about craft brews is anybody can start in their kitchen. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, you know, I, mean, I wish I had my five gallon pot. It's actually, I still have it. And I show people all the time, and it's funny. I get laughs. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "No, dude. We were we were brewing in a kitchen that was the size of the palm of my hand, and <laughs> making the biggest damn mess you've ever seen, and making really terrible beer." <laughs> you know, our friends were still nice enough to drink it, though. Well, I mean, yeah. Look, at some point, if they're not paying for it, it's going to get drank. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best beer? Yeah. Beer. What's that? So what's the best beer? Free beer. Yeah, I, I always tell people there's three types of beer. Free, cold, and more. Uh, <laughs> that's great. And, you know, yeah. and I still think in this industry, people can still work. It's like the barter system, you know? I mean, we'll have people come in sometimes um, and, you know, help out on the canning run or something like that. And, you know, we'll pay them in beer. And they're more than happy to take home beer with them for their, you know, a couple hours of work or whatever it was. Right, right. Right. Um, and we, we, uh, we call it a horse, you know, old school, it's horse trading, right? You know, right. If I need something and you have it. Here you go. Take this beer and thanks for this. You know, there was right. a kind of a funny, um, one of the things I do here is other, you know, I run production. So I, I you know, I make all the scheduling out. Uh, I make all the work, um, you know, and I've got two guys that I'm training up on the brew house to also make wort. But, you know, we do everything from start to finish. So, like, from wort production, literally making the sugar water, if you will, 
all the way down to packaging and um, to selling that beer and everything. But I, I fixed a lot of things. One of the one of the great things that uh, I got to do when I was a kid was I I worked a lot of boats and cars and restoring things with my dad. Um, my dad wasn't an engineer by you know he wasn't an educated or trained engineer, but the man learned from the school of hard knocks, and he could fix any damn thing. And if it took a special tool to do something, chances are he already built that tool to make it work, you know? Right. And so I got a lot of that from my dad, and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. And, um, so anyways, shit breaks, right? right? Shit breaks all the time, you know? Um, and even today, one of our, you know, my canning line was acting up, and we're trying to get this beer out so we can fill orders um, later this afternoon. And... Um, Man, I'll tell you what, I was about to blow that damn machine up. But uh, we were able to get it apart, put it back together, polish it a little bit, and, you know, the guys are out there running now as we speak. So, <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's uh, that's the kind of stuff that nobody can prepare you for, right? As we're going back to bring this full circle for the business side of things. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to tell you that, that, you know, to brew beer, you better be a mechanic. No, you yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you have to you have to be a janitor first of all because brewing beer is actually like ninety nine point nine 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 percent cleaning, right? Um, and then you have to be an engineer. You have to be a scientist. You have to be you know you have to be a chemist. You have to be a biologist. Um, all these things, man. And and you know that that's that's probably been one of the biggest struggles for us is that yeah sure we knew how to make beer, but hell we didn't know how to run a fucking Excuse my language. We no, you're good. You're good. We didn't, we didn't know how to run a fucking brewery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. and and that's that's you know, entrepreneurship in in a nutshell, is you may be good at something, but turning that good into a business that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And um, some of our friends think we're batshit crazy. Well, that's how you know the, that you're doing the right thing. I I really believe that. <laughs> People aren't looking at you like you got two heads and you're not going big enough <laughs> because, you know, I still get people like, you know, I was at an event last night and some, I ran into some old friends of mine and, you know, they're like, so how do you make money? You know, what are you doing? You know, and it's always fun and people will never embrace what they're not doing. Right. Right. You know, and and it's if, it, if you're doing something that they wouldn't do, then it's wrong, right? Because it's outside of their own natural comfort zone, and they're holding you to their own standards. Well, you can't hold us to your standards, you know. Yeah. You know that's on you. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's always interesting talking to business with people that um, haven't been in the game and run their own business because you realize really quickly that they've never been in the hot seat before. <laughs> yep. For yeah. sure. For sure. You know, so where do you think all this is going to take you, bud? I mean, um, are, are, you know, is this the end game for you guys or is there, is there more things coming down the pipes? You know, where's this all heading? You know, to be perfectly honest, I, I have no clue. Um, we're, you know, we're, like I said, we're, we're four years old now and this is something that I could see me doing the rest of my life. Um, at some point I'd like to not have to be putting in over a hundred hours a, a week, but at the same time, man, it's, it's, we're making beer, right? You know, um, we're able to come in and 
I got to tell you, whenever, you know, there's a lot of times we were talking about the IPAs earlier and, and some people don't like things and this and that, but I'll tell you what, whenever you have somebody tell you how much they enjoy what you do and your product that you're providing, that makes it all worth it. Right. That's, that's, that's why I get up in the morning, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that, um, doesn't get old, man. You know, I'm constantly asking our team, what's the feedback on the market? What's going on? Cause I mean, I, I basically live here. Um, so I'm, you know, we call them so, like cellar rats, you know, we're just like stuck in the back in the dark and we don't have <laughs> the daylight, you know? Um, but you know, it feels damn good when people enjoy what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for everything, man. If you're an artist, you're a podcaster, you're a musician, you know, you're a chef, you're, you're whatever. When, when, you know, sometimes those little phrases and sayings come through just at the right time, right? You know, yeah. you're having a shitty week, business is down, whatever else. And that one person goes, damn, that's a good beer. You know, it, it could be just that little tip game changer. Like, all right, this is why I do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's super stressful, man. I still have sleepless nights, you know, um, wake up with panic attacks for no reason. You know, that's always fun trying to go back to bed. It's like, Oh, it's three in the morning. I might as well get up and go make beer now because I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. <laughs> well, now that we've completely destroyed anybody ever wanting to start a business. <laughs> Dude, I gotta tell you, man, this has been a lot of fun having you come in here and talk about this. Um, I was, I was really looking forward to this one because I just, I, I knew it'd be real. I, I knew we could talk about beer, so you can never go wrong with those type of conversations. So man, here's how I like to wrap this whole thing up well okay. first of all how do people find you guys in your beer can can they i know texas has got some very weird liquor laws you know mm -hmm. um they can't can the people order beer and have it shipped out of state no That's no unfortunately no um but if you're ever in texas and you happen to be in east texas north texas or out west you can find us um specifically speaking to our local markets it's uh, you know you can find us at whole foods central markets that fill the wines um, you know, any, any retailer that you would probably buy beer at, hopefully they have us there. And if they don't have us there, then you should ask for us. Um, and, and yeah, I'm serious because, you know, we get, that happens here all the time. You know, we'll get calls from a, a bar or a restaurant. Um, Hey, I've had, you know, five or 10 people ask for your beer and just want to figure out how we can get it in there. Um, you know, but you, you know, like I said, we, we package our beer. We're starting to move into the Houston market, um, which is really exciting. So hopefully one day we'll just conquer the whole damn world. <laughs> right. I love it. <laughs> well, here's how I like to wrap everything up. And I stumped some people on this brand, so get ready. I don't know um, if I'm ready. <laughs> if you could leave my audience, the champions that listen to the show, with mm -hmm. a quote, a phrase, a saying, you know, something they can take with them as they're going on their journey, especially if you're going through the kind of maybe the tough portions or having those sleepless nights, they're, you know, not getting up. What would be that quote or phrase or saying you would say? Remember this. If you don't have time, wait, 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 I just screwed that all up. Uh, <laughs> I had it too. I was going to nail it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thanks, bud. Uh, <laughs> if you don't do it right the first time, when the hell are you going to have time to redo it? Oh, well said. 
Well said. I'm I'm not a big planner, man. I'm a bowl in a china shop, get it done type person. So I drive guys like you absolutely nuts. I'm like, just fucking get it done. If it breaks, we'll figure it out later, you know? Um, uh, so um, for those process-oriented style people, I mean, to be a crap brewer, dude, you've got to be a process guy. You know, there, yeah. there, there's no way around it. Um, uh, that's why I will stay a consumer of beer and not a crafter of beer. <laughs> So yeah, you got to be careful, man. You, if you start brewing beer at home, you might get sucked in and open a brewery in a couple of years. So. No, dude, if, if I was going to pick a path, <laughs> I'd be brewing rum. But the problem <laughs> is you can't do that in your kitchen, you know, uh, not, uh, not legally, not right? legally. Right. <laughs> so, so I won't say that I've ever attempted on several, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's why I, I love about the, the brewing the beer side is as literally anybody with a five gallon pot can figure it out. You know? Yeah. You can, you can make beer very easily, but it's really hard to make good beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, brother Brent, appreciate you doing this, man. Thanks for coming on and letting us go along for the ride on your journey, dude. Keep rocking and rolling and you know, thanks for doing this. Yeah. We're going to keep kicking ass and taking names and uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Cheers. content for your company and you're struggling to figure out what should I put out there how should I put it out there or you know what can I do to make my company get more exposure on social media go check out successchampions.us Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.